Welcome to the Wise Crone Cottage Podcast with storyteller Kathy Shimpock. Here we'll meet the crone and uncover her wisdom as found in fairy tales, folk tales, and myths. For it is true that stories, as it is with many people, become better as they grow older. Know that no matter how difficult your journey has been through the magical forest, the wise crone always opens her door to you. In this episode, we're in the world of Irish fairies. Our story is called The Brewery of Eggs. It's a changeling legend in which the wise woman, known as Bonfossa, saves the day by bringing the right baby home. We're also going to explore how women's stories may be coded so they can share topics too difficult to address directly. A great while ago, when the world was full of wonders. The story, The Brewery of Eggs, is classified as a legend. A legend, as I'm sure you'll recall, is the story in which there is an element of truth. Perhaps it's about a person known to have lived, or the story takes place in a known location, or maybe it occurs during an actual time in history. Yes, a legend has a bit of truth in it. This is especially true for Irish stories, most of which have a very local reference. The telling of these stories is told from the perspective of sharing something specific. A retelling, perhaps, of what neighbor Patrick told you at the pub last Saturday night in County Cork. But the real reason This is a legend, is because it's about fairies. And few in Ireland would say that fairies aren't at least a possibility. In fact, perhaps I should stop saying the word fairies at all, because you know they don't like it. They prefer the term good people or little people. For now, I'll just continue to use the word for clarity. But no, as soon as we conclude, I'll be taking my fairy tea set out under the trees and giving them something shiny. There are two uniquely Irish elements to this story. Here you'll be meeting both a changeling and a cunning woman. Let's talk about the cunning woman first and leave the changeling for later. Cunning folk are magical practitioners. In Ireland, these are not witches, and there are several different types of cunning folk who are women. In this story, she seems to be a bonfossa. That's my best guess anyway, although I can't read the Gaelic text to know for sure. The bonfossa is an older woman of knowledge. She is a solitary woman with both wisdom and skills. Like many other wise old women, the Bonfasa navigates and mediates the other world. She's also a traveling woman who is thought to have acquired her magical skills through her association with fairies, those good people. She is certainly skilled in counteracting their spells, and she is often called upon to do so. The Bonfossa is most commonly connected to Irish mythology through the Kaliak, 
the creator hag. She is called upon to find lost objects and determine the cause and cure of illness. Through her skill, the cunning old woman in this story solves more than the problem of fairy abduction. She provides healing on a deep psychological level. Let's see how that occurs. But now, a story. Not in my time, not in your time, but in the wise crone's time. Mrs. Sullivan fancied that her youngest child had been exchanged by fairy theft, and certainly appearances warranted such a conclusion, for in one night her healthy blue-eyed boy had become shriveled up into almost nothing and never ceased squalling and crying. This naturally made poor Mrs. Sullivan very unhappy, and all the neighbors, by way of comforting her, said that her own child was, beyond any kind of doubt, with the good people, and that one of themselves was put in his place. Mrs. Sullivan, of course, could not disbelieve what everyone told her, but she did not wish to hurt the thing, for although its face was so withered and its body wasted away to a mere skeleton, it had still a strong resemblance to her own boy. She, therefore, could not find it in her heart to roast it alive on a griddle, or to burn its nose off with the red-hot tongs, or to throw it out into the snow on the roadside. Notwithstanding these, and several like proceedings, were strongly recommended to her for the recovery of her child. One day, who should Mrs. Sullivan meet but a cunning woman, well known about the country, by the name of Ellen Lee, or Gray Ellen? She had the gift, however she got it, of telling where the dead were, and what was good for the rest of their souls, and could charm away warts and winds, and do a great many wonderful things of the same nature. "'You're in grief this morning, Mrs. Sullivan,' were the first words of Ellen Lee to her. "'You may say that, Ellen,' said Mrs. Sullivan, "'and good cause I have to be in grief, "'for there was my own fine child whipped off from me out of his cradle, "'without as much as a by-you-leave or ask your pardon, "'and an ugly, dawny bit of shriveled-up fairy put in his place. "'No wonder, then, that you see me in grief, Ellen.' "'Small blame to you, Mrs. Sullivan,' said Ellen Lee. "'But are you sure tis a fairy?' "'Sure,' echoed Mrs. Sullivan. "'Sure enough I am to my sorrow, and can I doubt my own two eyes? "'Every mother's soul must feel for me.' "'Will you take an old woman's advice?' said Ellen Lee, "'fixing her wild and mysterious gaze upon the unhappy mother.' And after a pause, she added, But maybe you'll call it foolish. Can you get me back my child, my own child, Ellen? said Mrs. Sullivan with great energy. If you do as I bid you, returned Ellen Lee, you'll know. Mrs. Sullivan was silent in expectation, and Ellen continued, Put down the big pot full of water, on the fire, and make it boil like mad. 
Then get a dozen new laid eggs, break them, and keep the shells, but throw away the rest. When that's done, put the shells in the pot of boiling water, and you will soon know whether it is your own boy or a fairy. If you find that it's a fairy in the cradle, take the red-hot poker and cram it down his ugly throat, and you will not have much trouble with him after that, I promise you. Home. Home went Mrs. Sullivan and did as Gray Ellen desired. She put the pot on the fire and plenty of turf under it and set the water boiling at such a rate that if ever water was red hot, it surely was. The child was lying for a wonder, quite easy and quiet in the cradle, every now and then cocking his eye that would twinkle as keen as a star in a frosty night. Over at the great fire and the big pot upon it, he looked on with great attention at Mrs. Sullivan, breaking the eggs and putting down the eggshells to boil. At last he asked with the voice of a very old man, What are you doing, Mammy? Mrs. Sullivan's heart, as she said herself, was up in her mouth ready to choke her at hearing the child speak. But she contrived to put the poker in the fire and to answer without making any wonder at the words, I'm brewing a vic. The word a vic means my son. And what are you brewing, Mammy? said the little imp, whose supernatural gift of speech now proved beyond question that he was a fairy substitute. I wish the poker was red, thought Mrs. Sullivan, but it was a large one and took a long time heating, so... She determined to keep him in talk until the poker was in the proper state to thrust it down his throat, and therefore repeated the question. Is it what I'm brewing of it, said she, you want to know? Yes, mammy, what are you brewing, returned the fairy. Eggshells of it, said Mrs. Sullivan. Oh, shrieked the imp starting up in the cradle and clapping his hands together. I'm fifteen hundred years in the world, and I never saw a brewery of eggshells before. The poker was by this time quite red, and Mrs. Sullivan, seizing it, ran furiously toward the cradle. But somehow or other her foot slipped, and she fell flat on the floor, and the poker flew out of her hand to the other end of the house. However, she got up, without much loss of time, and went to the cradle, intending to pitch the wicked thing that was in it into the pot of boiling water. When there she saw her own child, in a sweet sleep, one of his soft, round arms rested upon the pillow. His features were as placid as if their repose had never been disturbed, save the rosy mouth, which moved with a gentle and regular breathing. You may be wondering how I know these old stories, but that is a story for another day. The moral of the story is... Oh, there is so much to talk about here, but let's begin with the changeling. 
A changeling baby is a switched baby. The idea is that fairies take the real baby and exchange it with an old fairy that looks something like the mother's child but isn't. This allowed the old fairy to live out his days coddled and protected. As time goes on in these stories, the child becomes more sickly, withered, and disagreeable. The mother sometimes wonders and often knows the child is not her own. The mother, in desperation, seeks confirmation and advice from a neighbor or an old woman. In this instance, it is the wise old woman, a Bonfassa, who appears. She is identified as a well-known cunning woman, Gray Ellen by name. She seems to be skilled in her knowledge of the other world, for she knows where the dead are and what's good for their souls. She also has the ability to do charms. Mrs. Sullivan and Gray Ellen began to speak. You're in grief this morning, Mrs. Sullivan, was the first thing she said. We can assume that Mrs. Sullivan has been in anguish for a while, but this is the first time Gray Ellen has spoken about it. Mrs. Sullivan tells her that her child has been exchanged for a fairy. She knows, as a mother knows, that this child is not her own. Will you take an old woman's advice? said Gray Ellen, fixing her wild and mysterious gaze upon the unhappy mother. And after a pause, she added, But maybe you'll call it foolish. The wise old woman doesn't give unsolicited advice. She's not like Mrs. Sullivan's neighbors and friends who tell her what she should do. Neither does she offer help that is unlikely to be followed. It is only when the mother agrees that Gray Ellen gives her instruction. If you do as I bid you, you'll know, she explains. Mrs. Sullivan was silent in expectation, and Gray Ellen continued, Put down the big pot full of water on the fire and make it boil like mad. Then get a dozen new-laid eggs, break them and keep the shells, but throw away the rest. When that is done, put the shells in the pot of boiling water, and you will soon know whether it is your own boy or a fairy. If you find that it is a fairy in the cradle, take the red-hot poker and cram it down his ugly throat, and you will not have much trouble with him. After that, I promise you. Her instructions seem both ridiculous and violent. Boiling eggshells? How can that help? What is this brewery of eggs, after all, a place where eggs are brewed? What magic potion is being brewed with the eggshells? And what mother would put a hot poker down the throat of any child at all? So many questions and so few answers. Oh, but there are other recipes to get rid of changelings, each as distressing and gruesome. Some are expressed in this story. Other suggestions include throwing the baby in the fire, beating it, drowning it, or placing it on a hot stove. Hearing this, we begin to think, what kind of story is this? The story tells us that drastic action is required. In fact, 
It's the only way to get the human baby returned. But the wise old woman knows that a mother might be wrong. Her emotions might mislead her, and so she is instructed to boil the eggshells first. Take a step back and give it some time. This cunning woman knows the nature of fairies. She knows that if the baby is a fairy, he is likely much older than imagined. The best way to catch him is to do something totally unexpected, something the fairy has never seen before, which captures his attention or catches him by surprise. And that is exactly what she did. In a poor country, throwing out good food is more than unexpected. A fairy would find this quite odd and unusual. It's true that eggs and shells were often associated with magic and fairies, but symbolically eggs represent new life, and the eggshell must be broken before the chicken is birthed. Perhaps that is what the mother is brewing here, the possibility to see things anew. And it worked. The fairy cries out, I'm 1,500 years in this world and I never saw a brewery of eggshells before. Mrs. Sullivan quickly took the hot poker, ran to the cradle, but she slipped and fell. The poker flew to the other end of the house. By the time she returned, she found her own baby in the cradle. She was spared from having to do that horrific deed, after all. Perhaps she just slipped. Perhaps the fairy left in fear, or perhaps the magic of the wise old woman was at foot. When you're dealing with a cunning woman, you just don't know. Fairies are usually unwilling to leave their cushy lives so easily. But this story might be about much more than changelings and fairy possession. It might also have been a coded story. Coding is a practice found in folklore, where women embed messages within their stories and crafts that are too disturbing or subversive to be addressed directly. Joan Newland Radner, in her book Feminist Messages, writes, Women of many cultures have encoded messages crucial to them under the cover of female traditions that receive little male scrutiny. The text of women's folklore, the text of their oral performances or their material creations, and of the routines of their daily lives, may communicate a variety of messages to different segments of their audiences. If there is coding in this story, what might it be? D.L. Ashleman focuses on the poverty that existed in pre-industrial Europe. The fact that the changeling's ravenous appetite is so frequently mentioned, Ashleman writes, indicates that the parents of these unfortunate children saw in their continuing existence a threat to the sustenance of the entire family. Changeling tales support another historical evidence in suggesting that infanticide was frequently the solution selected. But there are less bleak options postpartum depression, for example, or a new mother simply feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. Who can speak of it? If we imagine a young mother struggling with a colicky infant, neither of them sleeping, 
It's not difficult that she might wonder if the child is hers. Could my child be this difficult, she thinks? No one in the family had this. Does she wish she could throw it out in the snow for just a moment of quiet, for just a moment of sleep? This is what coding is about, dealing with a topic too shameful, too outside the cultural norms to be addressed directly. It is shared instead through story and craft in a symbolic or metaphoric way. The actions of the wise woman, the Bonfassa, is thought to incorporate both spiritual guidance and modern psychological therapy. At least, that's what Irish scholar Geroid O'Croulet contends. The old woman is there to help with those misfortunes that can't be resolved in a normal way. Like any other wise crone, she has the wisdom of life experience and can make the invisible visible. She sees what the youth can't. She asks the young mother, Are you sure it's a fairy? It gives the mother pause. She never uses the poker and her baby is returned. This beneficial relationship between the young mother and the wise crone continues today. Anthropologists speak of the grandmother hypothesis. This hypothesis explains the longer lifespan of women. The idea is that older women are needed in families to help care for the children, to soothe a colicky baby, or step in when the mother needs a break. In doing so, a young mother can have more children, and the species continues. Those women who live longer share their longevity genetically with their descendants. But the wise old woman doesn't care about evolution. She appears when she is needed, but not before. She is always willing to share her wisdom and give help to those who are worthy. Will you take an old woman's advice, she asks, waiting. But maybe you'll call it foolish, she adds. She knows that the words of an old woman are often ignored or dismissed. She does not throw her pearls before swine. But when the young woman listens and follows her guidance, the invisible becomes visible, the changeling disappears, and her baby is back once again. The wise old woman is always ready to listen with an understanding ear and an open heart. She knows how emotions ebb and flow. She gives the young mother space for venting without judgment or condemnation. She allows her to talk it through. She tucks a mother in for a nap while she picks up the house, fixes dinner, and cares for the child. In giving this reprieve, she works her best magic of all. The wise crone knows it's time for you to leave. Your journey home takes you back through the forest. It may at times be difficult, but no fear. Her final words to you are, Remember to stay on the path. Do not leave the path no matter what you see or experience. And so it was, and so it is. Thank you for listening. This podcast has been sponsored by Heart Symbol Publishing, where you'll find a wide variety of guided imagery downloads to achieve your goals and enhance your life. 
This is the storyteller Kathy Shimpak. This podcast is narrated by Linda Bennett. Music is The Snow Queen by Kevin McLeod at Incompetet.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 License. Stories by the Brother Grimm are in the public domain. Music